Live from historic downtown Carlisle, Pennsylvania, home of founding father James Wilson, 19th century hymn writer George Duffield, 19th century gospel minister George Norcross, and sports legend Jim Thorpe. It's Iron Sharpens Iron. This is a radio platform in which pastors, Christian scholars, and theologians address the burning issues facing the church and the world today. Proverbs chapter 27 verse 17 tells us iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Matthew Henry said that in this passage, we are cautioned to take heed with whom we converse and directed to have in view in conversation to make one another wiser and better. It is our hope that this goal will be accomplished over the next two hours, and we hope to hear from you, the listener, with your own questions. And now, here's your host, Chris Arnson. Good afternoon, Cumberland County, Pennsylvania, Lake City, Florida, and the rest of humanity living on the planet Earth. We're listening via live streaming at ironsharpensironradio.com. This is Chris Arnson, your host of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio, wishing you all a happy Tuesday on this sixth day of February 2024. I am thrilled to have both a first-time guest and a returning guest on simultaneously. Uh, They are both staff members at First Love Ministries, and they are both involved in a mission work that recently took place in Nepal, uh, and it's a thrill to have, uh, first of all, for the very first time on Iron Trip and Zion Radio, Dr. Paul Nelson, who is author of Presuppositionalism, A Biblical Approach to Apologetics, and he is also president of Grace Bible University in Dublin, California. Welcome for the very first time to Iron Trip and Zion Radio, uh, Dr. Paul Nelson. Thank you. And for some reason, you don't sound as clear as you did earlier before the show. You sound kind of distant. About now. Oh, you sound fine. And if you could cut your camera off, that would be great because we are, it drains bandwidth. So thank you. Uh, And also, welcome back to Iron Sharp and Zion Radio, Dr. Edward Delcor. And not only is he a staff member at First Love Ministries, He's also an author and the president and director of the Department of Christian Defense. Uh, it's great to have you back as well, Eddie Delcor. Hey, great to be with you again, Chris. Looking forward to the show um, for the next, uh, gosh, how long are we going? Hour, hour? Two hour hours. And a half, two hours. Two hours. Obviously, you're Four an, hours. Obviously, you're an enormous fan of the show and listen daily, and so you know yeah. it's two hours long. Uh, so. I, I, I like when I sometimes... I find it interesting when I speak sometimes at at, at different churches. Uh, if it's a charismatic church, the pastor will tell me, "You know, brother, I always like to know how much time I have." And I, and the pastor will come up to me and say, "You know, brother, just let the spirit move." But <laughs> then after about forty minutes, he starts looking at his watch. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Doctor Paul Nelson, uh, why don't you let our listeners know something about Grace Bible University of Dublin, California? Uh, Grace Bible University is primarily uh, designed for third world countries in our missionary work. Uh, it's, a, it's a full curriculum. We have four years of a, a bachelor degree, and it's to, uh, it's to train and equip uh, ministers uh, in these third world countries. 
So, uh, but it's, it is a, a full curriculum. And, and like the first year right now, uh, we were doing some of our courses are uh, church history, uh, systematic theology, uh, and then also uh, involved in the sanctification with J.C. Ryle's Holiness and uh, some other works as well. But uh, it, it's a good study line. So uh, we're very pleased that we have, I think, we just brought in 51 students from Nepal on our recent uh, trip there and had an inauguration ceremony for the new students. And then I learned we have 28 more in eastern Nepal. And uh, then our work over in the Philippines, we have about 35 students uh, that are uh, almost completed with their first year of study. And also we're working uh, in India and in uh, Nigeria as well. So uh, it's really started to grow. Uh, we, first, we had scattered courses, and then uh, now we've, we've organized them, put them together in, in a full curriculum. So it's basically it uh, in summary. All right. And Eddie Dalcor, please let our listeners know something more about the Department of Christian Defense. Department of Christian Defense is a apologetic edu- Christian educational ministry. Um, we have a website, christiandefense.org, um, wherein there is um, lots of articles about not only non-Christian groups and world religions and and particular non-Christian cults, or I call, you know, Chris, these kind of groups, I just categorize all of them as ath- religious atheistic groups because they have the wrong God. So we have a lot of articles on that and different areas of uh, textual criticism and all kinds of things. We have a little search engine. But also it, it provides um, some of our books, some of the books that I've written um, on uh, one is on um, uh, oneness theology. The last one I did was on apologetics, introduction to apologetics. And we have some other books that we authored that I have co-authored. So it's an important, um, I always think this ministry of apologetics is very important. Why? Because it seems it's so neglected behind the pulpit at so many churches these days. That's why I'm always excited to go with Paul and First Love to these these countries who, who they've never heard what apologetics is or or how it you know operates. Um, they don't know much about it, let alone basic theology. That's why they're so attacked by non-Christian groups. They're so attacked by these um, aggressive non-Christian groups, whether it's Islam or um, Mormons, you know, witnesses, one is uh, Pentecostalism. They just don't know the difference. So when we go to these groups, you know, all of our conferences also, I w- will say, Chris, they're, they always focus, these pastor conferences that we do, they always focus on essential doctrines. Um, all the topics have to do with essential doctrines. And um, the basis of the Christian defense, at least on my, my ministry, it has always been an affirmation of essential Christian doctrines and a, as instructed in Scripture, a uh, defense of those essential doctrines. So I'm delighted that God has used me in this capacity, and I also teach at a, at a couple Bible universities and um, also do some, uh, some local Bible studies out here, and i um, thrilled to be here. Great. And if you could now uh, explain in more detail First Love Ministries, uh, and just so our listeners know right off the top of the bat, this program 
is live streamed daily through First Love Radio, mm-hmm. which is uh, a wing of First Love Ministries. But tell our listeners about this fine ministry. Yeah, First Love Ministry, and actually, Paul and I have been involved in so many years. I forgot to, you know, we started out doing pastor conferences and Christian conferences. Um, I think in the late, I think in the early, early 2000s. And it evolved uh, thanks to uh, Joe Jokowitz, who is the pastor uh, up there at uh, Christ Bible Church. It was his vision, uh, First Love Publication and First Love Ministries. They're, they're, um, they, they're co-ministries. First Love Ministries is um, uh, it's a ministry. Basically, it's been focused. Uh, our main focus has been international churches in Nigeria in uh, Philippines, in Nepal, and these conferences and these uh, where we go with First Love Ministries is very important. And what we do there, because we don't charge, that's why, thus the name, First Love Ministries, we don't charge to, we pay our own expenses. Uh, we go there and we distribute books. And I know with, um, in, in Nepal and also Nigeria, we even get them translated in their own language, which is very important. That's one of the, I think that's a very big aspect of First Love Ministries and First Love Publication is that we translate or we teach them how to translate or we help them get trans, you know, printing presses and so on and so forth. Because Chris, and you know, you're living here and if you want to know something about doctrine, well, you just go to the, well, when we used to have local bookstores, you you go online and, you know, you, you can get a whole coterie of books and theological systematic theologies and and um, all kinds of things and um, materials at your fingertips. But if you live in Nepal, for example, they don't know English. And most of the theological material that we have that is is printed and widely distributed on Amazon and online bookstores – they're all in English or maybe Spanish or some predominant languages. But in Nepal, these people who are really zealous for the word of God, they don't have these materials. Yeah. So First Love Ministries and First Love Publication, we get the materials. Um, we also speak it. You know, We go out there and we do these conferences, but we put the materials in their hand and then they can take it to their churches. So that's a huge, I think um, – aspect of first love ministries is ministering the essentials of the word of God in the hands of people that don't have the material. And we also bring the seminary that, um, Paul Nelson, Dr. Paul Nelson is the president of, I'm vice president, um, Grace Bible university, where we actually offer degrees and Dr. Downey and others, uh, Dr. Downey primarily wrote most of the syllabus, but we also get um, a lot of reform books that we get translated if, if needed as part of the curriculum. But we give them a biblical education in which they don't have to pay for it. They get a free, solid biblical education. And I think that's one of the uh, beautiful yeah. things about First Love Ministries, First Love Publication is just the wide range of distribution of solid theological materials, putting this material, these pieces of, of just treasures um, in the hands of these pastors in which affect all the churches that they pastor over. So by educating the pastors and going, bringing First Love Ministries out to these pastors at these conferences um, really do 
by extension, educate the churches in which they are, wherein they are leaders. Uh, so First Love Ministry, First Love Publication, it's a very productive, it's a very, I think, needed ministry. Because as you know, Chris, there we have there's zillions of ministries out there, right, that go international. But we need the right people with the right message. And, Amen. you know, who's doing that these days? Not many are have the objective to distribute solid, you know, uh, a non- you know, health, wealth, prosperity kind of message, but solid theology. That's what they need. And that's what we do. And that's what first love is focused on. Amen. And yeah, Kevin, go ahead. If I can just add a little bit to that. Um, the, the people, uh, the countries we go to, there's uh, severe poverty and they don't have any uh, wherewithal to, to buy books. I mean, one book, if one book would cost maybe a month's salary, uh, and, you know, they couldn't sacrifice that. They have to feed their families. They don't, uh, over here in the States, uh, the pastor is paid by the congregation. Well, they don't have that luxury out there. They're almost all tent makers, and they all have to provide for their families. So to study out there is a little bit different. They have to take the work home. So we always have a study guide, a textbook and a study guide for each course, and they uh, take that back to their village and they'll work on filling out the uh, study guide and then they'll come back after a month or two after they finish the courses uh, or a course and then they'll come back and meet with a mentor uh, which is uh, well we have uh, very qualified mentors in, in the uh, various countries we work with and then they'll, and they'll discuss it for three or four days turn in all their work uh complete the courses and then they'll, then we'll give them more courses and they'll go back home. So it's, it's a different kind of, uh, uh, different kind of method of teaching. Um, and our teaching method, you know, we always, uh, we try to aim at the heart. We don't want just it, it to be academic or intellectual only. We want to aim at the heart. So we always have included, uh, pastoral theology and books of sanctification, uh, to, to work on the heart and, and our study guides direct uh, direct the studies towards the heart as well. So that's an important factor. So um, I just wanted to add, 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 add those things. Uh, I think um, as we progress in our material, uh, Dr. Stan Mural writes all the study guides and he's an incredible workhorse. Uh, and, and he, he uh, just uh, does a tremendous job. So, uh, we when we print a book, we also print out the uh, the study guide for it, and, and there's a, a leader's guide that has all the answers as well that we give to the mentors. Um, it's 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 very different working with third world countries, not anything like uh, the United States. Um, and it, it, what was really fantastic is that the 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 students that are so hungry for the Word of God, I mean. We were at the in, in Nepal, and there were 51 new students that wanted to, to dedicate themselves to study, and um, and then it, and then it increased. Like a, a month later, there were 28 more in Eastern Nepal. So we're we're working really hard to to equip, um, educate these these people. And now. Christians and for- and that, Eddie, if you could explain this upcoming uh, Bible conference that is coming up very shortly this month. 
Uh, yeah, it's it's. We, I think last year was our first one at this particular church. We we do conferences once a year, but at this um, somewhat of a new church, actually, uh, one of the people, one of the ministers involved with First Love Publication Ministries is Pastor um, um, uh, Austin uh, Austin Huggins, and he co-pastors the church out there in um, it's Baghdad, Florida, right outside of where Milton, Florida is. If you know, it's, it's about an hour from Pensacola, but we're doing a conference. Uh, we did last year, we did a conference on, uh, on the, on regeneration. And it's interesting, Chris, my topic was, um, baptismal regeneration, showing the biblical air of, of that kind of thinking. But I also, cause you have to add it in decisional regeneration, which always gets right. under people's skin if they right. hold to altar calls and that kind of thing. But anyways, we had a great time. Paul was there. Dr. Paul Nelson was there and, and um, uh, a whole, you know, most of the first love ministers. So this year we're doing a conference February 22nd. Um, actually, that's when we get there. I, I think the 23rd and 24th and 25th, I believe, will be there. There's going to be a lot of speakers. Um, aside from myself, Dr. Paul Nelson, uh, Pastor Joe Jockowitz is coming. Austin Higgins, Huggins, um, of course, he's he's one of the speakers, but he's also the uh, co-pastor there. Tom Smith, who's part of our organization. Um, also, we have Stephen Lewis, who actually is a co-pastor at Dr. Downey's church, uh, former church uh, that Dr. Downey was former pastor. Um John uh, Waldrip, which is actually, he's a pastor at a Reformed Baptist church, uh, Calvary, uh, Calvary Road Baptist Church in um, Ar- uh, Arcadia, I believe. He's coming. And then, which is really exciting, not only do we have two pastors from Nigeria coming, but we have Samuel, Dr. Samuel Rye, who is the pastor, the main lead pastor, who is just has started hundreds of churches in Nepal. He coming and he's going to be one of the keynote speakers as well. So we have a whole cast of just excellent speakers. The topic, the topic of this conference is the Holy Spirit. Now, before all the charismatics get their hopes up, we're not dealing with. It's not a, and I always, I always think because it's, it's a, it's. It's a Bible conference on the person and work of the Holy Spirit. Hopefully, we attract a lot of charismatics who think it may be something else, but they'll get to hear uh, sound teaching. Here's some of the topics, Chris, that we're going to deal with. We have both um, plenary main topics and then um, uh, meetings, and then we also have breakout sessions. Uh, the person and work of the Holy Spirit, um, the work of the Holy Spirit, sanctification by the Holy Spirit. These are all separate topics we'll be dealing with. Peace, joy, f- and fruit of the Spirit, the power of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and and church unity, I believe. The Holy Spirit in missions, very important topic. Uh, pastoral ministry and the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Holy Spirit and the Scriptures. And then resisting the Holy Spirit, that's one topic. And then finally, the gifts of the Spirit. These might be in order, but um, the gifts of the Spirit, a biblical perspective of the gifts of the Spirit. So, Chris, I'm very excited about this particular um, Bible conference because it seems that the Holy Spirit, I mean, for me, it seems in far too many, I don't like to use the word most, of 
Christian Trinitarian churches, it seems the Holy Spirit is kind of the one that no one really, you know, talks about much. You know, he's just... You're, you're you know, talking about the non-charismatic and non-Pentecostal churches. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah. And, you know, Trinitarian churches, yeah, I was just going to make that point. Of course, charismatics, you would think that the Holy Spirit is the unipersonal person in the Godhead or something. But, um, yeah, so we want to bring out the biblical truth of the Holy Spirit. He's the third person uh, of of the Trinity, um, and he's co-equal with the Son, co-equal with the Father. So we want to bring these things out, and he's a person. He's not a force. He's not a beach ball that you can throw in front of the church, you know, back. And, and I, I say that because I've seen that at charismatic churches. Yep, so have you, yep. I think. Um, he's not a flag, you know, the, 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 the worship flags. But he's not a force that's just kind of floating and he'll, he'll miss you and get the guy behind you. From, no, what, from what I understand, a person. from what I understand, attending some, uh, and I'm not broad brushing my Pentecostal and charismatic friends, but uh, f- from what I understand, when I have attended some charismatic meetings, especially the ladies that are present do this, uh, I have learned something new. You can actually wave the Holy Spirit into your lungs, like into your mouth when you're mm. worshiping. You could wave your hands and as if it's some kind of a, a gaseous substance, you could wave it into your mouth and your nostrils. Are you aware of that? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I've heard, well, keep in mind, you know, when I was in uh, the strength ministry in the 90s, we went to all kinds of churches because we were gospel centric. So we were invited to, you know, by invited to have a crusade by Methodist churches, Baptist church, all kinds of churches. Um, I, I can't remember if we were invited from a re- by reformed church, but a lot of charismatic churches and I've seen it all. And Paul Nelson, Dr. Paul Nelson, he, he also had experience with charismatic churches in his, the beginning of his uh, Christian life. But um, the fact of the matter is you're right, Chris, because of biblical neglect and because of just a biblical illiteracy on the Holy spirit, they really make the Holy Spirit something that Jehovah, you know, functionally, something that, that Jehovah's Witnesses believe. He's a force. He's not really a person, but he's a force that can go in your nostrils or influence you or so on and so forth. But in the same time, last comment, I don't, we don't diminish the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, I always pray that the Holy Spirit would give me power before I speak or give me remembrance or something. Uh, we don't diminish the Holy Spirit's role. But, of course, we see it from a biblical perspective. Well, if anybody wants more information, not only on First Love Ministries, but also on the upcoming conference, February 23rd through the 24th in Baghdad, Florida, go to firstloveministries.org, firstloveministries.org, and we will be repeating that information uh, throughout the show. And, uh, by the way, uh, when we return from our first commercial break that we are entering into right now we're going to hear the salvation testimony in summary form of our guest dr paul nelson because he is a first-time guest today and we never we have a first-time guest they give their uh their salvation testimony in summary form eddie's already done that on the show but uh if you have a question for our guest today please submit it to chris arnzen at gmail.com C-H-R-I-S-A-R-N-Z-E-N at gmail.com. Give us your first name at least, your city and state of residence, and your country 
of residents if you live outside of the good old USA. That's chrisarnson at gmail.com. We'll be right back. Armored Republic exists to equip free men with tools of liberty to defend God-given rights against the twin threats of tyranny and chaos. If you own a rifle to resist tyrants and criminals, then you should own body armor and a med kit for the same reasons. A rifle stops evil, body armor and a med kit keep you in the fight and preserve your life. Armored Republic is a body of free craftsmen united to create tools of liberty. We are honored to be your armorsmith of choice. Civilian ownership of body armor is about increasing decentralized power and by comparison, reducing the advantages of centralized power. The danger of centralized power is often represented by the word king. As Americans, we hate the word king, applied to any mere man. We are Armored Republic, and in a republic, there is no king but Christ. Arm yourself with tools of liberty at armoredrepublic.com. Pastor Keith Allen of Lindbrook Baptist Church, a Christ-centered, gospel-driven church looking to spread the gospel in the southwest portion of Long Island, New York, and play our role in fulfilling the Great Commission, supporting and sending for the spread of the gospel to the ends of the earth. We're delighted to be a part of Chris Arnzen's Iron Sharpens Iron Radio advertising family. At Lindbrook Baptist Church, we believe the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments to be the inspired word of God inerrant in the original writings, complete as the revelation of God's will for salvation, and the supreme and final authority in all matters to which they speak. We believe in salvation by grace, through faith, in Jesus Christ. This salvation is based upon the sovereign grace of God, was purchased by Christ on the cross, and is received through faith alone, apart from any human merit, works, or ritual. Salvation in Christ also results in righteous living, good works, and appropriate respect and concern for all who bear God's image. If you live near Lindbrook, Long Island, or if you're just passing through on the Lord's Day, we'd love to have you come and join us in worship. For details, visit lindbrookbaptist.org. That's L-Y-N brookbaptist.org. This is Pastor Keith Allen of Lindbrook Baptist Church reminding you that by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. The Lord bless you in the knowledge of himself. Brian McLaughlin, president of the SecureCom Group and an enthusiastic supporter of Chris Arnzen's Iron Sharpens Iron radio program. The SecureCom Group provides the highest level of security, closed-circuit television, access control, and communication systems for Manhattan's top residential buildings, as well as churches, commercial properties, municipalities, and more. We custom install exactly what you need to protect yourself, including digital recording, off-site viewing, and connectivity from most smart devices. From simple code-activated systems to the latest technology using facial recognition, the SecureCom Group has it. 
We also provide the latest in intercom and IP telephone systems. In addition, we provide superior networking platforms. We'll create, maintain, and secure your local network. Whether it's a Wi-Fi or hardwire network, we'll implement the latest secured firewall, endpoint solutions, and cloud backup. I would love to have the honor and privilege of helping protect the lives and property of Iron Sharpens Iron radio listeners and their associates. For more details on how the SecureCom Group may be of service to you with the very latest in security innovations, call 718-353-3355. That's 718-353-3355. Or visit securecomgroup.com. That's securecomgroup.com. This is Brian McLaughlin of the SecureCom Group, joining Chris Arnzen's family of advertisers to keep Iron Sharpens Iron Radio on the air. We here at Iron Sharpens Iron Radio praise God for the generous monthly financial support of Royal Diadem Jewelers, educated by and affiliated with the American Gem Society. Jewelers of America and the Gemological Institute of America. For the perfect custom-designed engagement ring or any one-of-a-kind piece of jewelry created exactly according to your imagination and specifications, Royal Diadem Jewelers has you covered. No matter where you live in the world, Royal Diadem will walk you step-by-step through every stage of the process and even hold a high-tech internet virtual visit using state-of-the-art jewelry design technology to serve you. They start by listening carefully to determine your needs. They're interested in making what you want, not what they want to sell you. From rough design to digital model, to photorealistic image, to wax prototype model, to the finished product, they are continually listening to your input, likes and dislikes, making any changes necessary along the way. This will ensure that your custom jewellery will turn out exactly as you dreamed and well beyond your expectations. Visit royaldiadem.com. That's royaldiadem.com today. Sterling Vanderwerker, owner of Royal Diadem Jewelers, his wife Bronnie, his business partner and manager Brian Wilson, and the entire family thank you all for listening to, praying for, and supporting the work of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. And please do not forget, folks, royaldiadem.com is still offering Iron Sharpen Zion Radio this amazing, mind-blowing opportunity. They are still going to give us 100% of the profits from any sale of jewelry to an Iron Sharpen Zion Radio listener simply by that listener mentioning Iron Sharpen Zion Radio when they make their purchase or when they get their custom-designed piece of jewelry created. So if you have any interest in buying jewelry for yourself or someone you love, and don't forget that Valentine's Day is coming up real soon, please go to royaldiadem.com to purchase your jewelry or have it custom made because, as I just said, if you love this show, we're going to be getting 100% of the profits from that sale if you mention Iron Trip and Zion Radio. And please do it soon. Please go to royaldiadem.com soon to at least get the ball rolling on your purchase of jewelry 
because we have no idea when they're going to pull the plug on this offer where we get 100% of the profits. That's royaldiadem.com. Mention Iron Trip and Zion Radio. We're now back uh, with our guests, Dr. Paul Nelson and Dr. Eddie Deltcourt, and we are uh, going to be discussing a mission trip to Nepal uh, that both Paul and Eddie uh, went on recently. And before we do that, since Paul Nelson is a first-time guest, we're going to have him give a summary of his salvation testimony, which would include any kind of religious atmosphere in which you were raised, and what kind of so- what kind of providential circumstances our sovereign Lord raised up in your life that drew you to Himself and saved you? Yeah. Um, see, where do I begin? Um, your childhood. God. God did not save me. It was not an immediate uh, conversion. I I had to. He had, in His providence, as you mentioned, He had to bring me through a. Uh, kind of a journey before I saw my sin and saw the terrible state I was in. But I, I you know, I, I, he saved me as a young man and I'm very thankful for that. But uh, I came out of high school. I was a very rebellious teenager and um, got in a lot of trouble. And um, then I had a couple, couple friends in high school that we called Jesus freaks and they would share the gospel. It was an Armenian gospel and a charismatic gospel. But uh, God worked in me through that. And I remember um, having to, I, I had to I walk the aisle. And I don't know if you've heard of Melody Land and Ralph Wilkinson's ministry across from Disneyland. Uh, I walked the aisle and I remember uh, they were trained, telling me uh, to get baptized. So I said, okay, I'll get baptized. And then they uh, told me that, you know, I'm going to speak in tongues. And they tr- tried to teach me how to speak in tongues. So uh, when the other people were getting baptized, they would come up and they'd start speaking in tongues. But when I came up out of the water, uh, I was sitting there. I had my hands out and nothing. No, no tongues came out. So I thought I was a failure as a Christian. I was a second-rate Christian. It was kind of strange. Um, I did have a sense of sin. I had stolen some things, and God really brought that out. And he began to work with me. But after that, walking forward on the aisle, um, there was a very superficial Christianity uh, that a very insincere, uh, noncommittal to— I'd go to church maybe once a month, something like of that sort— and and so I went like that for maybe three years, and I came up to Flagstaff here to go to college, and a roommate uh, challenged me uh, on the doctrines of grace. I, I had been I had been going to some Christian uh, campus uh, organizations, and I had the campus praying for my friend who had gone off the deep end uh, in these in this Calvinism. Uh, but uh, he would go to California and come back with some books, um, Sovereign Grace books, you know, the Reformed uh, Doctrines. And that first book uh, that he gave me um, was J.C. Ryle's Holiness. And that's the book that God totally destroyed me. He opened my eyes. To... Wow. I'm going to get emotional here. He opened my eyes to see my sin 
And what a horrible state I was in apart from, from a committed life with Christ. And it was through that book, and we debated for a year on, and I was, I was a, you know, I, I was a protector of free will. I, I, religion didn't make any sense without free will to me. And I found out that, you know, after a year of debating with this guy, as my roommate, I lost almost every debate. Uh, all he did was just open the Bible and read the Word of God to me. And God brought me in to, to see his sovereign, his sovereign grace. And, and that was when I think, um, I think that was when God saved me for where I really, uh, began, became committed to Christ. So from walking the aisle back in California to, to, uh, God saving me in Flagstaff, maybe three years of a calling that he was, uh, giving me a journey that I, that in showing me how super fit, how superficial my faith in Christ was. So I, that's kind of, uh, you know, it, it's interesting that I had campus ambassadors, all the college ministries, they were all uh, Armenian, and I had them all praying for my roommate. He had gone off the deep end, and then God saved me through it. And uh, and there was no turning back after that. So well, hallelujah. Kind of, yeah. Always, uh, always love to hear the saving power of Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. Well, now we are going to uh, begin our discussion, uh, and then we're not going to have very long to do it in this break. <clears throat> but uh, after uh, just some opening remarks, we're going to be going to our midway break. But uh, now, if Eddie will start, uh, please let our listeners know about your recent trip to Nepal, and please perhaps even preface that with a description of Nepal, uh, especially in regard to the religious climate there, what kind of Christian presence is already there, and what kind of rivals to Christianity uh, religiously is present, and so on. Right. Um, Just to get an overview, first, Nepal, like India, is... It's dominated with uh, Hindus. However, um, what unfortunately what has been shown is there's a increase in Islamic uh, mosques being built out there. But as of right now, the dominating religion is Hinduism, as with India. And the problem with Hinduism, one of the problems is they can be very violent. We know Muslims are very violent because that's part of their doctrine. But Hindus too. Um, before we came, I remember um, to to this time in Nepal a few months ago, um, there was bombings by Hindus at different churches. However, and Paul can probably expand on this, the one who we um, come up under, uh, Samuel Rai, he's the one who started hun- literally hundreds of churches. He's very strict in terms of doctrinal clarity among pastors. And if your church gets at 100 people, he's going to start a new church. He doesn't want giant churches. Everyone's on the same page, by and large, in terms of theology. The reason why he can get in, you know, has these advantages of opening churches with minimal hostility is because Samuel Rye was a general before he was converted of the communist, ar- communist army. 
he was feared. He was a general in, he was an atheist, but he was a general in the communist party in Nepal. Even today, he's very much respected, very much feared, but very respected, even in his conversion. So um, I'm not sure if he has any problems with the Hindus, but that's the climate. And because of that, it's similar to go when I go to Thailand or 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 um, or Burma. The the dominating religion is is Buddhism. So you have to understand that the Christians there, the professing Christians there, are some are very polluted with that doctrine. And as you know, Chris, if you've been in a non-Christian group, like say you've been in Rome for years and years and years, and then you get generally converted, there's still some residue. There's still some Romanism, you know, that that's lingering that you got to get rid of, you know, and that comes by the word of God and having knowledge in the word of God and on essential doctrines and fundamental truths. So that's what we encounter when we go to Nepal. We we understand that some of these pastors, they came out of a background of Hinduism. They're generally converted. That's not the issue, but they need to increase in their theological um, awareness um, to be per- not just accurate, but be precise and understand the differences also. So we come in and we also understand that most of these pastors, even though they're professing reformed, they're all on the same page, reformed believers, they still lack information because again, they don't read, most of them, they don't read English. They don't read English to get equipped by some of the theological books that we have, you know, in English and predominant languages. So, you know, I, I remember I was speaking there and I, I, I was doing something on Christ alone. I asked the question, um, who's heard of um, the Reformation? No one raised their hand. Uh, hopefully they were just shy, but I don't know. <laughs> but that's why it's always encouraging for me. This is one of the, I think, most encouraging and productive ministry trips that I take is going to these places. But Nepal is a place where we go there, as mentioned, um, and we distribute Christian doctrine. Each of us, whoever the speakers are, and normally we have the same speakers. I know Paul, I go with Paul, and um, it's myself and Paul. Last last time, Chris, uh, Joe went with us. He endured that 27-hour or whatever his flight. It was great. But the topics we have are so needed, topics of theology, topics on the Trinity, topics on Solus Christos, topics on um, the Bible alone, um, and, and topics on sanctification, which is really important as pastors to teach their people how to live correctly as, as Christians, live according to your calling. So we come in with these just essential, needed doctrines. And here's what I found going, even in the Philippines, but going to these places, particularly Nepal, when we speak, unlike churches out here where they're all, you know, they're on their cell phones, they're reaching for their cappuccino, you know, there are a lot of distractions, you know. I think all churches have that problem. But they are different. Not only do they worship very hard, you can you can see that in the in for the time of um, when they're doing their their praise uh, music and they're singing, and they're just, you can see the sincerity. But when we speak, each one of us, they have their giant notebooks out, and they are taking almost, it's like a court reporter. They're taking notes almost word for word because they want to know. They want to know. They're so zealous out there. And here's the reason why. They're, they're, you know, they're, not, they're not texting on their cell phone. They're not 
they're not distracted. They're laser light, literally a laser light. I can see in their eyes to what we're saying and they write it down because they're going to take that information, get on a bus. Some of them get on a bus, go 20 hours to their churches. You know, they come from all over the country and some from India. They're going to take this information that they already wrote down and they're going to distribute what they learn to their churches. Some churches are in literally in a jungle. In Nepal, interesting that last time we went to, um, it's a national park and it's known for the wildlife. In fact, it's a sanctuary for the Bengal tiger. But in our hotel and, and, and on the streets, there's wild rhinos, short horn rhinos running around, not running, but walking around as if nothing, you know, and people take pictures. One was right across my hotel room, just wow. sleeping on the grass. By the way, all I, over the place. I live in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, and there's rhinos everywhere, but I'm talking about Republicans in name only. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <clears throat> so, but from the minister, from the ministry standpoint, you know, that's, I think it's, I can speak for uh, Dr. Paul as well. It's so encouraging watching people listen to us and watching them write down every word of doctrine, accurate, solid, within the reform framework of doctrine. And we know that these issues of sanctification, theology, they're going to take back to their churches. Um, and that I experienced that every time, every time I go to Nepal, I experienced that and um, most of the time in the Philippines because they want doctrine and they don't have the resources, especially in Nepal. So that's really the basic. Oh, and we also, as mentioned before, each pastor, we we give a bo- box or a bag of several different books of a systematic theology that Dr. Downing wrote and in our books and other theological books that are translated in their own language. And they take the bags and it's like, the best thing you can pot, you know, they look at it as the best thing they've ever had in their life, a bag of theological material that's going to change lives. They're going to bring it to their congregation. It's going to change lives and increase Christians to really understand God, to increase their theology, increase in the in the theology and in, into the grace, increase their uh, godly living. And that makes it all worth it. That makes the 27 hour flight or you know, all the walking and and. They were serving us um, water buffalo for dinner, but it makes – I think Paul liked water buffalo. But it makes it all worth it, you know? All the the stuff, you know, it just makes it worth – it really does make it make it worthwhile. Well, Paul, what does water buffalo taste like? Do you enjoy it? It tastes like leather. Oh, I guess you, I guess you don't enjoy it. Uh, yeah. Paul liked it, I think. But, but the goat is good. The goat is really good. It's like uh, roast yes. beef. Yeah, was, I've had really goat. Tender. I have had goat uh, in Jamaican restaurants, especially, and in Indian uh-huh. in Indian restaurants. Okay. Uh, by yeah. the way, something interesting that you may not be aware of: uh, right here in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, where I live and where I'm broadcasting this program, uh, there is a very large and growing Nepalese. Uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Population. And uh, there is also at least one, there may be others, but there's a wonderful uh, Napoli's restaurant less than five minutes from where I'm sitting uh, called Mm -hmm. Yak and Yeti. And I absolutely love that place. But uh, 
Huh. Yeah, you know, yes. a, a play on the Himalayans where the uh, there's been the Himalayan version of Bigfoot, you know, uh, sightings, so-called. But mm-hmm. but uh, if you're if you guys are ever passing through Carlisle, maybe we could get some kind of a meeting arranged. It'd be interesting. Yeah, oh, I love it. yeah. I think that the food, the one food that I really liked is called a mumu, which is a, like a dumpling. That that's great. You know, and they have various sauces for it. It's wonderful. Yeah, they probably have that at Yak and Yeti. But uh, to our, now, a poll before we go to our break. Why don't you uh, pick up where? Eddie left off and let us know something else about your trip. Yeah, so uh, this man, Samuel Rye, that we keep on mentioning, uh, his story is very incredible to see how God raised up uh, this man. Um, he, uh, as, as Dr. Walter calls him, the Spurgeon of Nepal. You know, he's he's very, not only is he totally given over to uh to the ministry and to the planning of churches, but also to philanthropy and orphanages and schools, you know, because they have that caste system out there. And and he uh, he came out of the at the lower caste, and so he's dedicated to these low the lower caste uh, people and the children. And he's got a, he built a school. He had like he's got like seven hundred people in that school. We've gone and visited them. It's English only. He won't. He teaches them English, so they'll have every advantage when they grow up. And uh, uh, the, the the prime minister or the president of, of Nepal came and dedicated the school. You know, he still has got connections with the Communist Party in there. And he can go places and do things that people uh, are not, aren't allowed to do. The government lets him, gives him a free reign because um, he – in fact, when I was taking him to the airport one time when he visited the States – uh, he was called by the de- the minister of defense, you know, from on the way to the airport. So he 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 uses these connections for the gospel, and uh, but he's very uh, uh, very linked to. I think he's adopted like ten children himself. He he he's very given over to helping the people of Nepal. Uh, so that, that's one thing he he's planted. Uh, I think he's been involved in, in planning of 125 churches, and they have all grown. Uh, and they've planted other churches, and it's now there's a an organization uh, of 350 Baptist churches that are directly related to him, and he's he's the uh, the chairman of, of this organization. And that 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 organization is what put on the conference for us out there in Chitwan. Um, they are all, they all, he says 95% of them adhere to the 1689, which is extremely rare in, in these countries. You know, so he's uh, fully uh, sovereign grace in what he teaches, and he loves for us to teach on the doctrines of grace as well. Um, you know, as a, as a, uh, as a communist general, he was one of four communist general, I think, that Eddie was talking about. And uh, he got ambushed, and he got—he was uh, shot in the head. He lost like a thousand. He, had, he was commander of uh, fourteen thousand troops. Got shot in the head, and two other of his men fell on top of him. And so the next morning, when they're making sure everybody was dead on the field, they shot the two men laying on top of him, and uh, he was—he was unconscious because he was shot in the head. Well, he wakes up, and he realizes he's being hunted. And they're hunting him down, 
And so he goes to a uh, a candy maker who was a Christian. Now, mind you, there's only maybe 1% uh, of Christianity in Nepal, and this was back 30 years ago, uh, so there was even less then. And so he goes to this candy maker and hides out and helps him make candy. And so he's outside of the shack where he was able to house him on the candy maker's property. And he's drinking some wine. And the the owner of the, the candy factory walks by and he says, would you like to have a glass of wine with me? And the candy maker uh, says, no, I'm a Christian. And he gave him a track. And, and that track was, was translated into Nepalese somehow. And he read that track and God converted him from that track and and uh uh the story goes on he had to he had to uh he had to he had to run cuz cuz both the communist party wanted him dead and the king wanted him dead so he had to he had to exile into into india and he began uh, became a street preacher and then from there he realized that he didn't have enough knowledge of the bible and so he, he gets through some connections uh, Peter Masters of uh, Metropolitan Tabernacle yeah. says, "Come over here. I'll teach you. I'll teach you English and teach you teach you the Bible." So he got his seminary degree uh, from Peter Masters, and then he went over to, to India, Indonesia and got his PhD there. But uh, and he, he came back and he just started with a Bible study with he he and uh, his wife and his and his sister. By the way, we have to so, go to our midway break right now. Please use this time wisely. Try to respond to as many of our advertisers as you can, keeping in mind that our advertisers are what keeps us on the air. Next, of course, to the sovereign grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, but uh, please uh, send in your questions to chrisarnson at gmail.com, and we'll be right back after these messages. Puritan Reformed is a Bible-believing, kingdom-building, devil-fighting church. We are devoted to upholding the apostolic doctrine and practice preserved in Scripture alone. Puritan Reformed teaches men to rule and lead as image-bearing prophets, priests, and kings. We teach families to worship together as families. Puritan is committed to teaching the whole counsel of God so that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of God as the waters cover the sea. We sing the Psalms, teach the law, proclaim the gospel, make disciples, maintain discipline, and exalt Christ. This is Pastor David Reese of Puritan Reformed in Phoenix, Arizona. Join us in the glorious cause of advancing Christ's crown and covenant over the kings of the earth. Puritan Reformed Church. Believe. Build. Fight. PuritanPHX.com I'm Dr. Joseph Piper, President Emeritus and Professor of Systematic and Applied Theology at Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary. Every Christian who's serious about the Reformed faith and the Westminster Standards should have and use the eight-volume commentary on the theology and ethics of the Westminster Larger Catechism titled Authentic Christianity by Dr. Joseph Moorcraft. It is much more than an exposition of the larger catechism. It is a thoroughly researched work that utilizes biblical exegesis as well as historical and systematic theology. Dr. Moorcraft is pastor of Heritage Presbyterian Church of Cumming, Georgia, 
And I urge everyone looking for a biblically faithful church in that area to visit that fine congregation. For details on the eight-volume commentary, go to westminstercommentary.com, westminstercommentary.com. For details on Heritage Presbyterian Church of Cumming, Georgia, visit heritagepresbyterianchurch.com, heritagepresbyterianchurch.com. Please tell Dr. Moorcraft and the saints at Heritage Presbyterian Church of Cumming, Georgia, that Dr. Joseph Piper of Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary sent you. Sharpens Iron Radio first launched in 2005, the publishers of the New American Standard Bible were among my very first sponsors. It gives me joy knowing that many scholars and pastors in the Iron Sharpens Iron Radio audience have been sticking with or switching to the NASB. This is Daryl Bernard Harrison, co-host of the Just Thinking Podcast, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Tom Buck. A First Baptist Church of Lindell, Texas, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Kent Keller of Faith Bible Church in Sharpsburg, Georgia, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Andrew Rappaport, the founder and executive director at Striving for Eternity Ministries, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Mark Romaldi, pastor of Sovereign Grace Church of Greenbrier, Tennessee, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Christopher Cookston, pastor of Prineville Community Church in Prineville, Oregon, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Matt Tarr, pastor of High Point Baptist Church in Larksville, Pennsylvania, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. Here's a great way for your church to help keep Iron Sharpens Iron Radio on the air. Pastors, are your pew Bibles tattered and falling apart? Consider restocking your pews with the NASB. And tell the publishers you heard about them from Chris Arnzen on Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. Go to nasbible.com. That's nasbible.com to place your order. Hello, my name is Anthony Uvinio, and I'm one of the pastors at Hope Reform Baptist Church in Quorum, New York, and also the host of the ReformRookie.com website. I want you to know that if you enjoy listening to the Iron Sharpens Iron radio show like I do, you can now find it on the Apple's iTunes app by typing Iron Sharpens Iron Radio in the search bar. You no longer have to worry about missing a show or a special guest because you're in your car or still at work. Just subscribe on the iTunes app and listen to the Iron Sharpens Iron radio show at any time, day or night. Please be sure to also give it a good review and pass it along to anyone who would benefit from the teaching and the many solidly reformed guests that Chris Arnzen has on the show. Truth is so hard to come by these days, so don't waste your time with fluff or fake news. Subscribe to the Iron Sharpens Iron Radio podcast right now. And while you're at it, you can also sign up for the ReformRookie.com podcast and visit our website and the YouTube page. We are dedicated to teaching Christian theology from a Reformed Baptist perspective to beginners in the faith as well as seasoned believers. From Keech's Catechism and the Doctrines of Grace to the Olivet Discourse and the Book of Leviticus, the Reform Rookie Podcast and YouTube channel is sure to have something to offer everyone seeking biblical truth. And finally, if you're looking to worship in a Reformed church that holds to the 1689 London Baptist Confession of Faith, please join us at Hope Reformed Baptist Church in Quorum, New York. 
Again, I'm Pastor Anthony Avenio, and thanks for listening. If you love Iron Sharpens Iron Radio, one of the best ways you can help keep the show on the air is by supporting our advertisers. One such faithful advertiser who really believes in what Chris Arnton is doing is Daniel P. Patafuco, serious injury lawyer and Christian apologist. Dan is the president and founder of the Historical Bible Society. Their mission? To foster belief in the credibility of Scripture as the written Word of God. They go to various churches, schools, and institutions to publicly display a rare collection of biblical texts, along with a fascinating presentation by Mr. Butterfuco demonstrating the reliability of Scripture. To advance the cause of the gospel, they created a beautiful, perfect facsimile of the genealogy of Jesus Christ from the original engravings contained in a first edition 1611 King James Bible. This 17th century hand-engraved chart shows the family tree of Jesus Christ going back to Adam and Eve. This book is complete with gorgeous full-size illustrations of Noah's Ark and the Tower of Babel and an explanation of why the genealogy of Jesus is so important for his claims to the throne of the universe. Originals of this work are in museums and nobody has ever made it accessible to the public in a large book form before. You can have your own copy of this 44-page genealogy book for a donation of $35 or more. Visit historicalbiblesociety.org. That's historicalbiblesociety.org. Thanks for helping to keep Iron Sharpens Iron Radio on the air. Pastor Bill Sasso, Grace Church at Franklin, here in the beautiful state of Tennessee. Our congregation is one of a growing number of churches who love and support Iron Sharpens Iron Radio financially. Grace Church at Franklin is an independent, autonomous body of believers which strives to clearly declare the whole counsel of God as revealed in Scripture through the person and work of our Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, the end for which we strive is the glory of God. If you live near Franklin, Tennessee, and Franklin is just south of Nashville, maybe 10 minutes, or you are visiting this area, or you have friends and loved ones nearby, we hope you will join us some Lord's Day in worshiping our God and Savior. Please feel free to contact me if you have more questions about Grace Church at Franklin. Our website is gracechurchatfranklin.org. That's gracechurchatfranklin.org. This is Pastor Bill Sasser wishing you all the richest blessings of our sovereign Lord, God, Savior, and King Jesus Christ today and always. Today at thousands of community centers, high schools, middle schools, juvenile institutions, coffee shops, and local hangouts, Long Island Youth for Christ, staff and volunteers meet with young people who need Jesus. We are rural and urban, and we are always about the message of Jesus. 
Our mission is to have a noticeable spiritual impact on Long Island, New York by engaging young people in the lifelong journey of following Christ. Long Island Youth for Christ has been a stalwart bedrock ministry since 1959. We have a world-class staff and a proven track record of bringing consistent love and encouragement to youths in need all over the country and around the world. Help honor our history by becoming a part of our future. Volunteer, donate, pray, or all of the above. For details, call Long Island Youth for Christ at 631-385-8333. That's 631-385-8333. Or visit liyfc.org. That's liyfc.org. Hi, I'm Buzz Taylor. Chris Arnzen of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio has had a long-time partnership with our friends at CVBBS, which stands for Cumberland Valley Bible Book Service. They specialize in supplying Reformed and Puritan books and Bibles at discount prices that make them affordable for everyone. CVBBS has been a family-owned book service since 1987, operating out of Carlisle, Pennsylvania. They seek to bring you the best available Christian books and Bibles at the best possible prices. Unlike other book sites, they make no effort to provide every book that is available or popular because, frankly, much of what is being printed is not worth your time. That means you can get to the good stuff faster. It also means you don't have to worry about being assaulted by the pornographic, heretical, and otherwise faith-insulting materials promoted by the secular book vendors. Browse the pages at ease, shop at your leisure, and purchase with confidence at Cumberland Valley Bible Book Service. Order online at cvbbs.com. That's cvbbs.com. Or you can order by phone at 1-800-656-0231. That's 1-800-656-0231. Please let our friends at CVBBS know that you heard about them on Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. Charles Haddon Spurgeon once said, Give yourself unto reading. The man who never reads will never be read. He who never quotes will never be quoted. He who will not use the thoughts of other men's brains proves that he has no brains of his own. You need to read. Solid Ground Christian Books is a publisher and book distributor who takes these words of the Prince of Preachers to heart. The mission of Solid Ground Christian Books is to bring back treasures of the past to minister to Christians in the present and future, and to publish new titles that address burning issues in the church and the world. Since its beginning in 2001, Solid Ground has been committed to publish God-centered, Christ-exalting books for all ages. We invite you to go treasure hunting at solid-ground-books.com. That's solid-ground-books.com and see what priceless literary gems from the past or present you can unearth from Solid Ground. Solid Ground Christian Books is honored to be a weekly sponsor of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. And please do not forget, folks, that solid-ground-books.com is a primary, a premier, a vital financial supporter of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. And they, unfortunately, are going through a very serious crisis in book sales so if you love this show and you love the finest in christian literature go to solid-ground-books.com today and make your largest purchase that you can afford and mention iron sharpens iron radio 
so that they know the source where you discovered that fine publishing ministry. And please keep in mind, you're not only going to be doing solid-ground-books.com a favor by buying books from them, and you're not only going to be doing Iron Sharpens Iron Radio a favor by keeping one of our most vital and crucial advertisers happy, you're going to be doing yourself and anyone for whom you are purchasing books from solid-ground-books.com an enormous favor of incalculable value because they bring back into print lost treasures from the past, some of which have not been read by Christians for centuries, all the way up to our current day. They bring uh, not only books back into print, but publish for the very first time uh, great works by modern authors like Dr. James R. White of Alpha and Omega Ministries. So please go to solid-ground-books.com. If you've never purchased from them before, please make your first purchase today. And if you purchase even regularly from them, every month perhaps, make today your largest purchase. And always mention Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. We're now, uh, before I should say, uh, I return to my discussion with Dr. Paul Nelson and Dr. Eddie Delcor. I just have a couple of very important announcements to make. If you love this show, folks, and you don't want it to disappear, go to ironsharpensionradio.com, click support, then click, click to donate now. You could donate instantly with a debit or credit card in that fashion. If you prefer snail mail, setting in a, a physical check to a physical address the old-fashioned way from your post office, there will also be a physical address that appears on your screen when you click support at ironsharpensionradio.com, where you can mail your checks made payable to Iron Radio. If you want to advertise with us, whether it's your church, parachurch ministry, business, private practice, like a law firm or a medical firm, or maybe it's just a special event, whatever it is, uh, send me an email to chrisarnson at gmail.com and put advertising in the subject line. As long as whatever it is you want to promote is compatible with what I believe, I would love to help you launch an ad campaign quickly because we're just as much in urgent need of your advertising dollars as we are in your donations. <clears throat> That's... Uh, com. click support, then click, click to donate now. Last but not least, if you are not a member of a Christ-honoring, biblically faithful, doctrinally solid, theologically uh, faithful church, no matter where you live on the planet Earth, I have helped many people all over the world find churches, sometimes within just a couple of minutes from where they live, and that may be you too if you are without a biblically faithful church home. So send me an email to chrisarnson at gmail.com. And put, I need a church in the subject line. That's also the email address where you can send in a question to my guest today, uh, Dr. Paul Nelson and Dr. Eddie Dalcour, as they discuss their recent mission trip, mission trip to Nepal with First Love Ministries. And I don't know if you finished that story, Dr. Nelson, but you could pick up where you left off if you desire to. Okay. Um, well, just uh, there's a couple things that I'd like to... Remember, one one is uh, that he's so he's very concerned uh, for. There's a big uh, human trafficking problem out there in Nepal, and parents you know sell their their daughters away, and he's committed to protecting these young ladies. So he has what they call uh, the Deborah Society, and we were a, we were allowed. Well, he invited us to participate in their graduation ceremony there's 17 young ladies uh, that were taught the bible six months uh, of bible study and uh, they were taught hygiene and uh, first aid which is critical out there and also they were taught a 
uh, a way, a wherewithal to make, you know, a, a, some money. And that is by sewing. They're all taught sewing. So we were, we gave away uh, new sewing machines to all 17 of these young ladies. So I just want to, you know, uh, just bring the character of Dr. Rye out, you know, how he's, he's committed to his people in Nepal. The other thing, too, that I wanted to, to mention is that uh, First Love uh, did something that I haven't done before, is that we've, uh, we've commissioned, so to speak, uh, uh, two, two uh, indigenous missionaries, uh, one within uh, Nepal and the other one in India, in, in Nagaland, India. And right now we're, we're working with them. We're training them. Dr. Rai is their mentor. And um, one's going to Nagaland in, in an area where there are Baptist churches, but no Sovereign Grace Baptist churches. And we will be planning a church with him. And after about a year or so, we're going to evaluate them uh, and and see, you know, truly as God called them to this work. Uh, but uh, it's very exciting for us because uh, I've known one of them, the one from Nagala, I've known for about eight years. And just a tremendous man. And when we talked to him about this, uh, he just dropped on his knees and, and said, please pray for me. And we all prayed for him. It was really Wonderful to see his heart in that. So those, you know, basically uh, things I want to mention. I could go on about uh, Dr. Rye. It's really he's got a tremendous story, um, but he's he's very faithful to the Word of God, and and he, uh, I think what what God has used him so much in is that he's raised up uh, a man that has such a compassion, you know, like if there's a flood, he's going down there bringing him bags of rice and goats and, and stuff like that. Uh, he, uh, he loves his people and, and that's, and God's blessed that because he's blessing this work. And we're so happy to be a part of this work and helping him and, and, um, equipping these ministers. We get like, uh, so the one we went to probably a hundred and, 150, uh, Eddie, you think, 150 pastors and maybe 250. The one we went last year was maybe 200 pastors. And they come from all around Nepal, Bhutan, uh, and and India. And and it's just such a blessing to be able to see them, to see the hunger they have for the Word of God. You know, we come home to the United States and, wow, where's the hunger here? But there, it's just amazing. And, you know, and, and they're doing this kind of underground uh, because there's a what they call a anti-conversion law in Nepal. And if you get caught trying to convert somebody to Christianity, it's a five-year jail sentence. So all this is cut. But if, if you're in a building like we were, there's, you know, there's no risk at all. But, um, oh, I've known a couple pastors who... Uh, who've been thrown in jail not for five years, but you know maybe a few months. Um, so, so they live with with that hanging over them. The Hindus really, the militant Hindus really want to squash everything Christian. And um, it, it's uh, we we did hand out you know some tracts. I guess that would that would probably constitute you know trying to convert somebody. But it was it's not really enforced. I think they. Full- law if they want to use it they can uh but they really don't enforce it at least at least i haven't seen it such 
anyway, so that that's that, that's what I, I wanted to make sure I, I brought those two things out. Now, I'm assuming from what you said before about the dominance of Hinduism that these uh, anti-conversion laws are being mandated by a Hindu government. Yeah, but I think it, they really passed. I was there when they passed the law. There was rioting in the street, and it's just yeah. basically a copy of India's law, uh, anti-conversion law. Now, is um, is it uh, is it a prohibition of conversion only to Christianity or to anything else other than Hinduism? I think it's. I, I believe it's anything else, but and, okay. uh, and you know, it's a founding country, which is not supposed to be religious at all, but there's so much tradition. Hinduism, that's where Hinduism started, is is in Nepal. And it's been there for thousands of years. So, it's in the culture. It's it's in their in the way they're brought up. So, you know, there's, and there's over, like, I think there's 330 million gods in Hinduism. And, and I've, I've been Kathmandu, every corner you're on, there's a shrine to, to, uh, uh, to some different god. I went to a, you know, it reminds me of the Apostle Paul in Athens, you know, when he, when he was incensed when he walked around, you know, Athens and just saw, you know, gods, these gods everywhere. They said there was gods than, than residents in, in Athens at the time. So it's kind of like that. And even we went to a museum in, in an old temple, and there was a shrine to an unknown god. So it really reminded me of the Paul. In case they forgot a god, they had the unknown god. So, but they're steeped in Hinduism. They really are. <clears throat> and we have a listener named Augie in Chicopee, Massachusetts. Augie asks, in regard to the Christians that were already established in churches in Nepal before you got there, what is the most prevalent thing? that you have to unlearn them about? In other words, mistakes they make in either theology or practice. Yeah, I, and, I think you probably comment good on this, but one, one that I remember uh, is that we had a question buried after we all were, we preached every day for four days. And at the end of the day, we'd have a question and answer period. One of the things that came up uh, was speaking in tongues and, and the charismatic movement. So we, that was one area that it, it's kind of circulating there in Nepal. Yeah, um, it seems like that's across the board because I, I have this – another reason why I'm so encouraged to go on, on these particular trips, Chris, um, as Paul knows. I, I have this philosophy. If, if we don't tell them, somebody else will. And if we don't give the proper message, someone else is going to give a message that that's unbiblical. I've seen this around the world, travel around the world, just a residue of bad theology. Even if it's Christian, it you know just because it's Christian doesn't mean it's great theology. But chances are they're being evangelized by, um, and this is very popular around the world, is deliverance ministries. I just saw an ad on Facebook and and the. Uh, a large organization or a church is recruiting uh, missionaries to do, they call it evangelism and deliverance and healing ministry. That's their message when they go out. So, you know, when we go out to these places, as Paul said, we do see the residue of 
of um, of, of different charismatic views, that the ones that are unbiblical, and we also see faulty views in sanctification, um, especially in places like Philippines, where you know it's okay as long as you love the person to live together. Um, you know, is that wrong if I'm going out on you know with my boss? I mean, these are questions that we've gotten on radio stations. So there's a extreme lack of knowledge of sanctification. And then we get to doctrines of the Trinity. Um, unfortunately, uh, and I, I would say we have the same problem out here in, in the United States. Christians just don't see the Trinity as very important or as, you know, as an essential doctrine. It's all semantics. That's why the Christian, too many Christians will see oneness and Trinitarians in the same, you know, hey, they both love Jesus because they don't know the differences. In Nepal, um, these doctrines, it, you know, it, I just know there's not a strong presence. But I will say with Samuel Rai's leadership, it's, it's different because he makes sure, and especially in the school, you know, the Grace Bible University, Samuel Rye and his churches as best he can, he makes sure that these kind of essential doctrines, not only the deity of Christ, but the doctrines of grace, um, election, uh, God's sovereignty, these kind of doctrines are being repeated over and over and over. Uh, but there's still issues also in church administration, you know, the, the woman's role in church. We see that um, a lot in different places, um, of course, out here. <laughs> out here is probably the worst, but even in in, um, in, in the Philippines and different areas, there's that problem to contend with. There's, there's a whole lot of work for us to do, Chris, and that's why I'm, 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 I'm very glad of a, of a radio station like yours that's really helping and benefiting so many because you deal with guests and, and topics that have to do with essential doctrines and very interesting topics. So I'm so, you know, I'm always grateful for teaching pastors and I'm grateful for teaching radio shows um, like yours, uh, First Love. We need this. This is what we need. And it's so, so utterly important because we do go to Nepal in these places and we we're seeing a lack of doctrine, a lack, lack of, um, just knowledge on these kind of things of sanctification and theology. Okay, we have Antonia in Cherryland, California. And Antonia wants to know, in regard to the Christians in Nepal, even the American or European missionaries there, is there any strain of anti-Calvinism that opposes your efforts? Uh. You know, yeah, I, I haven't. Oh, go uh, ahead, Paul. Well, in our experience, they 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 were all reformed in their doctrine. So we didn't. When we go to these conferences to preach at, uh, we don't see it at the conferences. But I do know there is uh, there's a bigger, a more uh, ecum- ecumenical organization that Samuel's involved in. It's like fifteen hundred churches, and then there it, it's you know. The Charismatics, the Arminians, uh, it's very broad as doctrine. So, and, and so within that group, there's those who, who might oppose uh, the Calvinism, but uh, it, it's, we never encounter it, put it mildly, yeah. So. You know, it's really interesting that I found the places that um, uh, I have encountered resistance to the reform position are the places who uh, know how to read English. 
Why? Because they, they, they're getting bad Arminian doctrine, and then they bring it to the conferences. And we've seen this in, for instance, I've seen this in the Philippines, where they've been exposed to, because they do read English and they do um, have resources, they're being exposed to really bad Arminian doctrine or bad heretics, you know, whether it's T.D. Jakes or Andy Stanley, doesn't matter. So it's at those places where I've seen the resistance to the doctrines of grace. It's not, and they always get it from someone. They don't, no one picks up the Bible and all of a sudden they, they see that Calvinism is wrong and they, you know, they don't know. In other words, you would have to understand how people pretext and you would have to hear arguments from others, right? But in Nepal, they don't have the luxury to read all the bad you know, this is a good part, I think, about not having a whole lot of materials. They're not having, you know, the materials against the reform position. They don't have that. They don't because they don't there's no materials being promulgated. So they're, they're not reading all that stuff because they don't read English or, you know, even other predominant languages. So I think that's one of the reasons why we don't see resistance. I've never I mean, I've been there, I think two times now. I've never seen it. I've never heard it in question and answer. I have in, in the other places where English uh, they can read. Um, and also, this is important too, the leadership in Nepal. Um, Samurai keeps keeps a very t- theologically tight ship, meaning you, you can't go outside of a doctrines of grace confession and be a pastor for him. You just can't because that's just against the doctrines that they so dearly embrace. It, there's somewhat of a confessional church where they're, they're under parameters, biblical parameters. You can't believe in, you know, something that contradicts their main core of doctrine, like, like the reformed faith. Um, so I think that may be part of it why we don't see anything like that in Nepal, but we do see it in nations who are exposed to English yeah. All righty. Uh, we have Brandy in Whitefish Bay, Wisconsin. Do any of you speak Nepalese? And who is the one that translates your free books into Nepalese? Okay. Um, so Dr. Rai has, I think, uh, four four men that translate the English books into Nap- Nap- Nepalese, um, and we we had at the conference everything we do has to have a translator, and we had uh, four or five um, translators. It's interesting because some of them have different personalities, and um, uh, so ideally you want a translator that goes when you lower your voice, they go down with your voice. When you raise your voice, they they follow. Um, but uh, it's interesting because I, I think I got one that just, just wanted to really uh, elevate his voice. <laughs> it, was, it was interesting. I got but, him once. Yeah. <laughs> great. He was great. Um, I, I don't know if that answers the question, um, but uh, he, we, have, we have translators that translate, you know, our, at our conferences. At any, he also dispatched us out to churches uh, to. Um, to preach at the, on the day before the conference, and we had to take translators then. Um, but he, he's got he's got a lot of resources for doing that. So, um, and is he it, also it does, is he translating the books as well, or are you still using English? 
No, he, he translates all of all the books we, we oh, take okay. out there. They're, yeah, they're all translated. Yeah. yeah, I think that's part of that question. Um, yeah, we have a competent translator for the material. And um, the translators for the speaking part of it, you know, it varies. As Paul said, I had that guy. And he was awesome because I remember when I was in France, I was at a North African church. And the pastor there in, in France, he was Indian, actually, and he didn't speak French. But his translator, this black lady, she was his, his main translator, but she um, was the best. because. And I always like to meet with the translators before I, I speak so I can talk about different words, so on and so forth. But this one, just like the one Paul had and I had once there, this, this lady in France – when you would lift up your arm, she would lift up her arm. When you would have like a, you know, some kind of defined expression of, you know, whatever you're teaching on, she would have that same expression. When you would be high in your voice, she would be high. I mean, she was the best because she did all your hand movements, your voice tonations. That's a good translator. And fortunately, when we were in Nepal, one of these guys who I think, how many times did you get that guy, Paul? It was the, the last message I got him on the last, just once. And it Okay, I got him once, and I but wish it, I had him every time. He was so good. Yeah, you kind of, so that, it kind you know. of startled me when, when he raised his voice, and I go, oh, here we go. And uh, But, yeah, he put a lot of enthusiasm into the messages. It was good. Yeah. Okay, we have Rocco in Kutchog, New York, who asks, because of the militancy of the Hindus there, do you ever feel like your lives are in imminent danger when you are on your mission field in Nepal? Yeah. Well, I have experienced once uh, where they uh, closed down the airports. Uh, it was right when they passed that law, the non-conversion law, and, and they had an election, and there was rioting in the streets, and they were blowing up buildings, and uh, it, it, it was dangerous out in the streets. But that was on, a, on an election day. It's not normal, you know, not not usually. But um, but the Hindus were, are known for blowing up uh, the the militant Hindus are known for blowing up Catholic churches. Wow, so they blew, yeah, just Catholic, or I, is that just because? Well, the... It's probably because they're more prominent than any okay. other church. Okay, I, you... I felt my life was in danger with some of the food I was eating. <laughs> and no insult intended to Yak and Yeti in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. <laughs> um, the uh, Well, let me go to one more listener question before I ask one of my own. Uh, we have Violet in North Branford, Connecticut. And Violet says... Are the Hindus in Nepal ever open to hearing you preach? Are they friendly? I know that you have already said that there are militant Hindus there, but what about those that just are neighbors to where you are evangelizing? Yeah, I think they're open. Uh, we don't. We didn't do a lot. We didn't do open air evangelism like we. I think we have done done um, some extent of it in other countries but here we didn't do open air but some of i found some of the people on the street uh walked around you know some would peek their head in and listen but i didn't find any hostility of course we were inside the four walls of a church but um they're such a nice people that's what i, I you know when 
when um the conference was going on i um actually i was hungry i was walking around the street see if i can get you know there's it's a small little village and everyone just said hi and I, as though if i asked hey you know i'm really hungry do you have anything to eat there you know they yeah come on in but they were just the nicest people yeah. and i think um aside from militant hindus i think the average nepalese person i you know it seems he would he would listen um you know but i didn't find any hostility nothing at all like that but of course we were you know uh, a village and inside a church yeah we used to go out in the street and evangelize we we, we printed out a bunch of uh, booklets of, of the Gospel of John and had them translated into, into Nepalese. And we would offer these books when we go to a restaurant or, or out in the street. And they were so thankful to get it. And they said, oh, I've heard of, I've heard of Christianity. Thank you. And they, they'd all say thank you. Very, uh, like, like Eddie was saying, they're very gracious people for the most part. It's well, just a few radical Hindus. Well, before I take any more listener questions, I do want you uh, to to elaborate more uh, on a uh, new book that is, from what I understand, Dr. William Downing's magnum opus. Uh, please yeah. tell I want to get him back on my program. It's been far too long since uh, Dr. Downing has been on my show. But uh, if you could uh, whet the appetite for our listeners now <clears throat> about this Systematic theology, and if maybe we could start with uh, Eddie, since the last one to speak was Paul. Yeah, yeah. Actually, Doctor Downey is so amazing. Um, I mean, he's actually still writing books. And if you ever read anything by Doctor Downing, you know he's he's a detailed writer um, theologically. I mean, he will give you every exegetical linguistic nut and bolt you know, in whatever topic he is. So it's always a, it's, it, and it, he doesn't write in a real super challenging way, but um, he has an awesome, uh, I mean, he's written so much, but his newest book, Dr. Downey's newest book that he just published, by the way, for everyone listening, it's, it's, it's available at First Lab Publications, First Lab Publications. It was just printed yesterday. And we will, First Love Publication will be giving it away freely to all attendees at the conference. But you must register uh, online at firstloveministries.org. Please come to the conference. If you're in proximity at all, please drive. Please come to the conference. We'll be given that systematic theology book away. And that's what it is. It's a systematic theology. And it may be as, you know, I, hopefully it's not his last work, but it may be his last work. But it's one of his greatest works because systematic theology is such a such a for every Christian needs a systematic theology it goes from, uh, you know, Genesis to Revelation in terms of uh, uh, in terms of theology from from the canonicity issues to creation to eschatology and everything in between. And Dr. Downey just wrote a proficient um, and which we it's such an awesome systematic theology. Um, but that's his last work. He any or that's the last one he did. Just got published. Just got printed yesterday. Great books. His systematic theology. Well, praise God. And I'm assuming, uh, knowing Dr. Downing, that this is coming from a Reformed Baptist perspective. 
I, yeah, yeah. In, in the framework of, of a reformed Baptist, um, um, reformed Baptist, but, um, you know, every Christian can benefit because, you know, the distinctives are not monumental when you're talking about Baptist reform and, and, um, uh, say a Presbyterian systematic theology. So when you're looking at doctrines like the Trinity, the deity of Christ, sanctification, you're going to get a cadre of detailed theology and you're going to come out of there. You're going to read and you're going to see things that perhaps you didn't see before in terms of the teaching of the hypostatic union or, or justification. Yeah, it's, it's a, his systematic theology book, and I've read a lot of his other systematic type works, his catechisms, and um, he's a great writer. Just as a writer, he's a great writer, and you're not going to miss any detail in theology. Yes, and he is, uh, for lack of a better phrase, he is an elder statesman amongst Reformed Baptists. He is highly regarded by the majority of Reformed Baptist churches that have especially have been around long enough to remember uh, the resurgence of Calvinism amongst Baptists in the United States uh, that uh, really became noteworthy probably starting in the the late 1950s in the 60s and 70s and so on. And uh, he is really, uh, if, if anybody in our audience is unfamiliar with his name, you should become very familiar with his writings and his sermons. I'm assuming his sermons are on Sermon Audio, but I'm, I'm sure you must be able to hear them somewhere, uh, even though he is retired now from the pastoral ministry. Uh, but uh, he, he is just a precious gem and gift to the body of Christ, and I've loved every interview, mm-hmm. and I look forward to having him back on if he is physically up to it i love hearing dr downing speak i mean when i first met him in the early 2000s and paul's known him gosh forever but when i first heard him speak i i just you just don't want him to end he's so he's always been so interesting and he's not it's you know the way the way he draws out a some kind of exegetical point or or sermon and he's not surface you know, you're going to get you're going to get a an exegetical treatment in whatever he teaches. And he brings that he does. He's a wordsmith and he brings us to the table. He's one of my favorite speakers. And um, it's interesting. My friend, my friend, um, he went to a lecture and it was F.F. Bruce. And to listen to F.F. Bruce um, speak, you have to love theology because he's just a monotone speaker. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, you know, and he's really good if you love theology, but Dr. Downing, he's not a monotone speaker and he, you can, you can just hear the passage, passion in theology and in evangelism and in teaching when he speaks and um, credible speaker. And I know at these conferences, um, when he used to attend regularly, when we used to have it up north, these conferences, um, he would always have a new Greek word for me. Hey, Eddie, I have something I want to give you, you know. Anapologitas, you know, or some kind of Greek word, but he was, he's one of my favorite guys. He's just, and he's a good friend too. And he's funny. He, I don't know if you know, people that know him know this. He has such a, a funny sense of humor. You know, that's what I like about him too. Well, we have to go to our final break. And if you have a question uh, for Dr. Paul Nelson and Dr. Eddie Delcor, 
uh, specifically about uh, their trip to Nepal, but it could be on a broader range of subjects, especially involving the doctrines of grace. Uh, our email address is chrisarnzen at gmail.com. Don't go away. We will be right back after these messages from our sponsors. James White of Alpha and Omega Ministries here. If you've watched my Dividing Line webcast often enough, you know I have a great love for getting Bibles and other documents vital to my ministry rebound to preserve and ensure their longevity. And besides that, they feel so good. I'm so delighted I discovered Post Tenebris Lux Bible Rebinding. No radio ad will be long enough to sing their praises sufficiently, but I'll give it a shot. Jeffrey Rice of Post Tenebris Lux is a remarkably gifted craftsman and artisan. All his work is done by hand from the cutting to the pleating of corners to the perimeter stitching. Jeffrey uses the finest and buttery soft imported leathers in a wide variety of gorgeous colors like the turquoise goat skin tanned in Italy used for my Nessie Allen 28th edition with a navy blue goat skin inside liner and the electric blue goat skin from a French tannery used to rebind a Reformation study Bible I used as a gift. The silver gilding he added on the page edges has a stunning mirror finish resembling highly polished chrome. Jeffrey will customize your rebinding to your specifications and even emboss your logo into the leather, making whatever he rebinds a one-of-a-kind work of art. For more details on Post Tenebris Lux Bible Rebinding, go to ptlbiblerebinding.com. That's ptlbiblerebinding.com. Hi, I'm Buzz Taylor. Chris Arnzen of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio has had a long-time partnership with our friends at CVBBS, which stands for Cumberland Valley Bible Book Service. They specialize in supplying Reformed and Puritan books and Bibles at discount prices that make them affordable for everyone. CVBBS has been a family-owned book service since 1987, operating out of Carlisle, Pennsylvania. They seek to bring you the best available Christian books and Bibles at the best possible prices. Unlike other book sites, they make no effort to provide every book that is available or popular because, frankly, much of what is being printed is not worth your time. That means you can get to the good stuff faster. It also means you don't have to worry about being assaulted by the pornographic, heretical, and otherwise faith-insulting materials promoted by the secular book vendors. Browse the pages at ease, shop at your leisure, and purchase with confidence at Cumberland Valley Bible Book Service. Order online at cvbbs.com. That's cvbbs.com. Or you can order by phone at 1-800-656-0231. That's 1-800-656-0231. Please let our friends at CVBBS know that you heard about them on Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. Sharpens Iron Radio first launched in 2005. The publishers of the New American Standard Bible were among my very first sponsors. It gives me joy knowing that many scholars and pastors in the Iron Sharpens Iron Radio audience have been sticking with or switching to the NASB. I'm Dr. Joseph Piper, President and Professor of Systematic and Homiletical Theology at Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary in Taylor, South Carolina. And the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Chuck White of the First 
Trinity Lutheran Church in Tonawanda, New York, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Anthony Mathenia of Christ Church in Radford, Virginia, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Jesse Miller of Damascus Road Christian Church in Gardnerville, Nevada, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Bruce Bennett of Word of Truth Church in Farmingville, Long Island, New York, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Rodney Brown of Metro Bible Church in South Lake, Texas, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. I'm Pastor Jim Harrison of Red Mills Baptist Church in Mayapack Falls, New York, and the NASB is my Bible of choice. Here's a great way for your church to help keep Iron Sharpens Iron Radio on the air. Pastors, are your pew Bibles tattered and falling apart? Consider restocking your pews with the NASB. And tell the publishers you heard about them from Chris Arnzen on Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. Go to nasbible.com. That's nasbible.com to place your order. Have you noticed the gap that exists between the Sunday morning sermon and the Sunday school classroom or the small group study? So often we experience great preaching from the pulpit, but when it comes time to study God's Word in those smaller settings, well, let's be honest, it leaves a lot to be desired. It seems like it is nearly impossible to find good curriculum out there today that is true to the Word of God and is built upon sound doctrine. Much less, it's hard to find curriculum that will actually teach people how to study the Bible. Hi there, my name is Jordan Tu, and I am the Executive Director of the Baptist Publishing House. Our ministry is dedicated to providing local churches with sound Bible study resources. Our quarterly curriculum is titled The Baptist Expositor, and for good reason. We are Baptist, and we exegete the Scriptures. If you want to have a curriculum that teaches your people how to study the Word of God, I invite you, go to our website, download a free study, BaptistPublishingHouse.com. May God bless you. I'm Brian McLaughlin, president of the SecureCom Group and an enthusiastic supporter of Chris Arnzen's Iron Sharpens Iron radio program. The SecureCom Group provides the highest level of security, closed-circuit television, access control, and communication systems for Manhattan's top residential buildings, as well as churches, commercial properties, municipalities, and more. We custom install exactly what you need to protect yourself, including digital recording, off-site viewing, and connectivity from most smart devices. From simple code-activated systems to the latest technology using facial recognition, the SecureCom Group has it. We also provide the latest in intercom and IP telephone systems. In addition, we provide superior networking platforms. We'll create, maintain, and secure your local network. Whether it's a Wi-Fi or hardwire network, we'll implement the latest secured firewall, endpoint solutions, and cloud backup. I would love to have the honor and privilege of helping protect the lives and property of Iron Sharpens Iron radio listeners and their associates. For more details on how the SecureCom Group may be of service to you with the very latest in security innovations, call 718-353-3355. That's 718-353-3355. 
or visit securecomgroup.com. That's securecomgroup.com. This is Brian McLaughlin of the Securecom Group, joining Chris Arnzen's family of advertisers to keep Iron Sharpens Iron Radio on the air. Sarnson here, host of Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. I strongly recommend a church I've been recommending as far back as the 1980s, Grace Covenant Baptist Church in Flemington, New Jersey, pastored by Alan Dunn. Grace Covenant Baptist Church believes it's God's prerogative to determine how he shall be worshipped and how he shall be represented in the world. They believe churches need to turn to the Bible to discover what to include in worship and how to worship God in spirit and truth. They endeavor to maintain a God-centered focus and to protect worship from the intrusion of carnal entertainments and distractions. Reading, preaching, and hearing the Word of God, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, baptism, and communion are the scriptural elements of their corporate worship performed with faith, joy, and sobriety. Discover more about Grace Covenant Baptist Church in Flemington, New Jersey at gcbc-nj.org. That's gcbc-nj.org. Or call them at 908-996-7654. That's 908-996-7654. Tell Pastor Dunn you heard about Grace Covenant Baptist Church on Iron Sharpens Iron Radio. Allen of Lindbrook Baptist Church, a Christ-centered, gospel-driven church looking to spread the gospel in the southwest portion of Long Island, New York, and play our role in fulfilling the Great Commission, supporting and sending for the spread of the gospel to the ends of the earth. We're delighted to be a part of Chris Arnzen's Iron Sharpens Iron Radio advertising family. At Lindbrook Baptist Church, we believe the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments to be the inspired word of God inerrant in the original writings, complete as the revelation of God's will for salvation, and the supreme and final authority in all matters to which they speak. We believe in salvation by grace, through faith, in Jesus Christ. This salvation is based upon the sovereign grace of God, was purchased by Christ on the cross, and is received through faith alone, apart from any human merit, works, or ritual. Salvation in Christ also results in righteous living, good works, and appropriate respect and concern for all who bear God's image. If you live near Lindbrook, Long Island, or if you're just passing through on the Lord's Day, we'd love to have you come and join us in worship. For details, visit lindbrookbaptist.org. That's L-Y-N-Brookbaptist.org. This is Pastor Keith Allen of Lindbrook Baptist Church reminding you that by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. The 
Lord bless you in the knowledge of himself. And I am so thrilled. I am almost speechless, but that's hard for me to be speechless. Uh, But I wish I could adequately express my gratitude to Sal D'Antona, one of the elders at Lindbrook Baptist Church, whose ad that you just heard. Uh, Sal just informed me very uh, shortly ago that the Lindbrook Baptist Church in Lindbrook, Long Island, has renewed their advertising uh, sponsorship of this program. So I want to thank you so much, Sal, for giving me this wonderful news as the well is on the brink of running dry here financially. And uh, we just thank God for you and your faithfulness and your generosity and your benevolence and your for, for your belief in what uh, we are doing here at Iron Trip and Zion Radio. Thanks again, Brother Sal, and I hope to see you face-to-face very soon. Uh, we are now back with the final segment of our interview uh, with Paul Nelson and with Eddie Delcour. And per- perhaps I think since there's two of you here, uh, we better have you both summarize what you most want etched in the hearts and minds of our listeners today. And I'll start with Paul Nelson. I believe and I pray for revival, and I mean uh, true revival, where, where it's not a called-out meeting, a revival meeting. It's when God sweeps across a, a country or a city, and, and and multitudes are saved. And we've had, you know, we, we start with uh, Acts chapter 2 and 3,000 being saved. Uh, and it, I believe in revival today, and I see it. Uh, we've been talking about Nepal. I think this is probably, I can tell you stories about Nepal where, where God is, is doing a great work in Nepal and it's growing. Uh, it's growing church by church and it's a wonderful thing. So my, my, uh, my closing note would be, you know, pray for revival, pray for true revival. We see it not only in foreign lands, we would see it in our own country. Our country is in great need of revival. And Eddie. Uh, my closing statement, um, first, and thank you again, Chris, for, for having, having us on our show. And it's really interesting because there's not a lot of shows like yours um, that have, you know, that, that really have not only the substance and the, the particular guests you have, but, um, you know, listening to your show, I think a lot of folks have faith that there's teaching pastors out there. Because those are normally the people that you have on their show. So um, I wish there was more shows like yours. But my final note is really to encourage all Christians, to encourage all Christians, um, whether professionally or not, but I mean it in a probably, since most Christians are not, probably a non-professional way, to really take serious the biblical calling of being a theologian meaning to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that comes from studying the Word of God. To be an apologist, to be equipped, not only to to set your uh, set Jesus as Lord, set him apart as Lord in your heart, but be equipped not only to defend the faith, but to positively affirm the faith. Because apologetics without a positive affirmation is meaningless. 
So I want to encourage Christians to understand how to give a positive affirmation. It is serious thing. Uh, ministry is serious business. And you don't have to do it professionally to be to be in ministry. You may see an opportunity. God may bring an opportunity to you at the at the laundromat or at the store or with your mechanic. But be equipped to share the simplicity of the gospel and be equipped to defend if needed, to defend the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you know, that is the calling for all Christians to be theologians, to be apologists, to be evangelists. Um, just by way of studying God's word, so you, you're equipped to do these things. And God is, is so graceful. God is so sovereign that he puts the people in place to do the work of his accomplishments to do the work of a minister to do the work of everything that he accomplished everything that he ordains and we just pray that god will use us more and more and more and it really does start and this is really encouraging not only to myself but to all people who want to go in ministry as well and even the average christian in first peter three fifteen, which all the you know up and coming and apologists will use um you know, to show that we have to give a defense for our faith, but also says to give a reason, a positive affirmation. But the only commandment, Chris, in that verse is in the very first line, set apart Jesus Christ as Lord in your heart. Set apart is the only commandment in that entire passage. Everything else should follow. But we have to, as Christians, to set Christ as Lord of our life, Set him apart in our hearts. That's what we have to do. That's what we're called to do as Christians. So that's my final note, and I want to encourage, encourage Christians everywhere. And pray for us. Pray for, for our up-and-coming trip to the Philippines. And please pray for First Love uh, Ministries. Pray for our conference. Uh, pray for the work of First Love Publication and the free books that we offer. And all the work that we do outside of this country is we'll, we'll be going international soon. Uh, hopefully in April we'll we'll go to Philippines, then back to Nepal. We need your prayers. Prayers are powerful. And I ask the listeners also, keep Chris Arzon and this program in your prayers mm. as well. We need we need the people of God to support us. If you can't financially, yes, but by prayer. We need the prayer, especially as uh, those of us who are traveling. So I, I just ask the listeners to do so. Um, it's the greatest thing I think Christians can do for other Christians is to give in that way, to prayerfully give, to if if you have it, you know, in, in, in whatever you can, whatever your gifts are, to give to the work of Christ. Amen. Thank you so much. And I want to remind our listeners of the website for First Love Ministries. Very easy to remember, firstloveministries.org. I also want to remind our listeners that this program is paid for in part by the law firm of Buttafuoco and Associates. If you're the victim of a very serious personal injury or medical malpractice anywhere in the United States, call 1-800-NOW-HURT, 1-800-NOW-HURT, or, or visit 1-800-NOW-HURT.COM, 1-800-NOW-HURT.COM. Mention Chris Arnzen of Iron Sharp and Zion Radio. Also, do not forget, all men in ministry leadership are invited to the next free Biannual Iron Sharpens Iron Radio Pastors Luncheon on Thursday, June the 6th, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. at Church of the Living Christ in Loysville, Pennsylvania, which is in Perry County, Pennsylvania. Dr. Joel Beakey is our keynote speaker for the very first time, 
And not only is admission free and the food free, every man in attendance gets a heavy sack of free brand new books personally selected by me and also generously donated by Christian publishers all over the United States and the United Kingdom. And typically, Tom Smith, a representative of First Love Publishing, has a table there as well where he gives away free books. I hope that he can make this one as well. I want to thank everybody who listened, and I want you all to always remember for the rest of your lives that Jesus Christ is a far greater Savior than you are a sinner.